Welcome everyone. Good morning. Welcome back. Hope everyone had a good week. Um, so I wanted just to start off and say that all of our learning should be a schos for everyone in Eretz Yisrael who needs the Shmira of Ein Shmira Katora and should be a big schos. Um, so I was speaking to someone this past Shabbos in Shul. I'm not going to say who. None of you guys, but <laughs> she still may listen to this later, um, but, but she knows who she is. And she was saying, like, she was bothered, like, like, with everything going on in the world, she just felt like, why is it that people aren't realizing, like, how amazing all Jews are and how amazing Israel is? And, like, why is there still, like, this, like, Chil Hashem going on of people saying and doing crazy things and protests against us? And, like, how could that be going on? Like, it really bothered her. And she was so bothered by all the news and everything. Yeah, she decides to go to the OL. She said, yay, good, always good. Go to Kibri's every game. It's always a good idea. And she went to the OL and she dove and they're just like, it's like, what is going on in the world? And like, like, why can't people just like realize and be on our side, like, right? I feel like everyone's picking sides. Either like you're for us or like you're against us. And like, why can't everyone just be on our side? Like, isn't it clear that like, that we're right? So anyway, so she went to the OL. She had a good time. Um, she dove as well. And so... This is just based on that conversation of like, like what is going on in the world? I don't know. I'm not saying that I know what's going on. I don't. But like, how could we see this through like a Torah lens of this situation that's going on? Okay. So we're going to start with looking inside our Nishmas card. So last week, also it's very small print. I'm sorry. I don't know if anyone's bothered by this. I am. It's like tiny. I wanted to message my husband to get to Durham, but his phone was here. So it's Okay. <laughs> But we have in the shop cards for Hashem. So if anyone needs a mic, like a magnifying glass, <laughs> I don't have. Um, but it's still, it's um, still good to look inside. So last week we did Nishas Kolchai, Tavar Hashem, Hashem, Alokino, we should put the Nishama, now we will have a Nishama. And we have to like feed our Nishama and take care of our Nishama with good things. Um, it's gonna like go through it like a far my place because it's a small print. In this world and the next world, Hashem is our God. And besides Abraham, there was no one else who could save us. Okay, we are up to... Um, okay, I'm going to look in here because it's so small for me. I think I'm getting older. <laughs> it's time for me to get glasses. I'm a little bit in denial. Okay, I'm going to go to my little yeah, bigger print. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so we're up to... Okay, um, okay, so Elokei HaRishonim Hashem is the God of the Rishonim, the beginning, Rishonim, and the end, like the first and the last. Um, so, like, the idea is that, like, you know, kings, like a, a human king, um, like, he has absolute power, but he can only see, like, what's in front of him. Like, he doesn't know the future. He can't know, like, what every decision is going to amount to. But Hashem, not only is he a king, but he sees, like, from now till the end of time, he knows every single thing that's going to happen, and he has absolute power to control everything. So that's okay. I reach on the machron, and like from the beginning to the end, Hashem knows everything that's going to happen and is in charge. Um, also, so I was actually in this book. Um, it's really nice. So there's a story of the Gerat Sadak of Vilna, Avram and Avram, that he was the son of a count. They're like a count and a countess. I don't know what that's, what's the equivalent to, like a king, I guess? Like it's a, like a high up in the, in those worlds. There was a count 
Um, and his son decides like to convert to Judaism and his parents are like clearly not happy about it. And so much so that like they think they turn him in and he gets like the verdict is he's going to be burned at the stake. Like he's like he rebelled against like their kingdom and that's what they did with him. And he was like happy about it. He was fine. He was like proud to be dying Al Kedush Hashem. And his name was now it was Valentin. It was then he changed it when he converted to Avraham. And Avraham and Avraham because he was a gar. And he was fine. He was he like embraced this role like with Simchab. There was one thing that bothered him, and this is what it was. He said, um, and the villain grown gaon, because he's from Vilna, this this gar, says in, like, you know, why why are you a little bit upset? And he said, No, look, I'm happy to be dying al Kedush Hashem, but the one thing that bothers me is that like, I have no roots and I have no branches. Like, I don't have Jewish parents and I don't have Jewish children. So, like, I'm a little bit, like, I feel like I'm just, like, left hanging. Like, you know, what's going to become of me and who's going to know about me and what do I have to give over? So, the Vilna Gon said, based on Yeshaya, Ani Rishon Bani Achron, that Hashem says, I am the first and I am the last. And that Hashem here is talking to this Karat Tzedek, that Ani Rishon, like, I'm your father, I came before you, I'll be here after you. I'm going to be like a son. So in the past, there's only Hashem. In the future, there's only Hashem. And this comforted the Gerat Zedek. And he went and he gave his life, Al-Kiddush Hashem. And it says, like, he, was, he was walking like happily, like this was his lot in life. Um, anyway, I just thought that that was interesting, that this is referring to, this is the Ramchal, I think. Oh, the Ramach, sorry. Um, that this is, referring to him and Hashem past and future is only Hashem. Okay. I don't call Hatolados. Sorry. Hashem is the God of all the creatures. I don't call Tolados and the master of all generations. Like a Tolada is a generation. It could also be an outcome. So master of all generations that one of like the unique features of Hashem's world is that not only are like we all here in the world, but there is a way of like continuing the world. Like animals could have more animals. People could hopefully have more descendants. Um, even plants happens to be like I'm very into. I moved my my little garden because it was here, but I like it was getting very messy. Um, I'm very into like succulents. Anyone who knows, um, and like the very cool thing about them is that like they regenerate. If anyone wants to ever. See, I'll, um, I'll show you my succulent gardens. Um, I'm making right now one for my husband's office. And, like, they regenerate. Like, Hashem makes it in a way that, like, the Bria, like, continues. Not, like, just, like, there's a tree, and then, like, that's the end. Or, like, there's a plant, and then that's the end. It's, like, the plants keep going. The trees keep going. Like, Hashem made it, like, in an apple. Inside the apple, there are seeds. And, like, each seed could have hundreds of more trees. Like, um, I think it was Rabbi Victor Miller, who's very, yeah, he was very into, like, collecting apple seeds in his hands and, like, showing kids, like, look what I have. And, like, they're, like, it's, like, apple seeds. Like, what's the big deal? I was, like, no, like, in this one seed is, like, you could have a whole tree, and this whole tree could have more apples, and more apples, there's more seeds, and could have more apples and more trees. So Hashem put us in the Bria that, like, we could continue on. So that's Master of All Generations. That's own call Tolotas. Okay. Um, also... It's a concept that like the generations will always continue, that Hashem is never going to get rid of us. Hashem is always watching out for Kalah Yisrael. Um, so there's a story of like, it was like in the times of the Holocaust, there was a 
father and son, like, in the barracks, and it was time for Pesach. And, like, the son, the father and the son, they were, like, trying to, like, remember anything from Pesach that they could possibly remember and, like, the horrible conditions that they were in. And the son was asking the father, like, the Anishtana, and he's asking, you know, like, whatever he could remember. And then he's like, you know, Daddy, Abba, can I ask you a fifth question? He's like, yeah, sure. He's like, are, are we going to say the Manashtan again next year? Like, it was in the worst of the worst conditions. And the father said, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be next year. But I do know that somewhere in the world, there will be a father with a son. And that son will ask the father next year, the Manashtana. Um, And, like, the promise that there's going to be a Jewish future, that Hashem is never going to get rid of us. We don't know, like, what's going on, like, individually. But on a collective whole, Hashem is going to make sure that we always exist. So that's also Adon Kol Tolados, that, that concept of the promise of the Jewish future and that we will continue to go on. Um, also, it means, like, master of all happenings, that everything that happens is, like, from Hashem. Um, and, like, sometimes we see it in our life and sometimes we don't. Like, sometimes we see Hashkacha Pratis and we're like, well, it was Hashkacha. Like, I was running late, but then I saw her and then she told me this. And then, like, like exactly it works out, like Hashkacha. And, like, how I we should always see Hashkacha Pratis all the time in our life. But that's, I don't go to Lazo. So, like, every outcome, like, Hashem is in charge of every little detail of our life. Um, and he's a source of it. And he knows how everything will be. Okay, continuing on. Hamahula, Barokatashvachos. Um, Hashem is like praised with all the praisings and all the praisings are like befitting to him. Like everything that we say, it, like, yeah, it's, it's, Hashem deserves all the praise that we say. Okay. So this is what I want to talk about today. Hashem conducts his world with chesed, with kindness, and his creatures with mercy. Okay. So, so we just hamenahig. So there's like a menahig, and then there's manhig. Menahig is like Hashem is is treating us with chesed, and a manhig is a leader. So, like a leader is someone who guides and leads, and he oversees everything going on. Um, like for example, this is the example that was given, and like it's it's a real example especially for today, um, like an army general, like he sends his soldiers in, like out into battle, but not necessarily is he with them in the army. Like he sends them. Like he's a man. He's a leader. He's like, I'm going to tell you where to go and you're going to go do it. But Hashem is not just a man. He's a menahik. He's menahik. He's actively involved in every detail of the world. It's not like a shliach. It's like Hashem himself is involved with every single detail, every step of the way. Hashem is personally involved with the world. Um, like just for an example, I was thinking about it today, like for Hashem, like I was doing careful, it was such a pretty day and the sun was shining, it was so nice. Like Hashem like, makes the sun rise every day. It's never like, a, oh, you guys weren't good yesterday, no sun for you. Like Hashem acts with kindness every day and he, he always, no matter what, whether we deserve it or not, Hashem is always acting with kindness. Um, same idea like with Moza'an when we say in the morning, like Hashem returns our neshama with kindness, like no matter what we did yesterday, Hashem gives us a second chance and is always acting with us with Rachamim. Um, so yeah, so Hashem is acting with us with Rachamim and wants to talk about like, what about like when we don't like, necessarily see the Rachamim. Okay. Um, there's one story. Yeah, like, okay, this is a very cute story. 
Um, it's about Rachman, like whether we deserve it or whether we don't deserve it. So um, Rav Matha Frank tells a story that there was a kid that came to him, like a teenage kid, that told him, um, yeah, this is what happened, that like every child should us, I think, I don't know where, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining this taking place in Brooklyn, but I don't really know where this took place. Um, every child should us, he would steal his father's car keys with his friends and take his father's car and they would go to like a Trafe restaurant and eat lobster. This is what he told this rabbi. Said like, he goes every challenge at us, like, and they go, they just they don't want to be in shul and they don't really care. So they take the keys and they get in the car and they go to a restaurant to eat lobster. And he wants to know like, like should I make a bracha on the lobster now? And like first, like remember that Frank about like, are you kidding? Like, are you mocking me? Are you like? Like, what kind of question? And he really, no, this kid was really sincere. Like, he sincerely wanted to know, like, what bracha should I make? Like, should I make a bracha? Like, I know it's not kosher. Like, should I make a bracha anyway? Okay, so this is what Ravata told him. He said that, like, the Gemara says that someone who makes a bracha on food that, like, is usher is called a minna'it. It's like someone who's, like, verbally abusing, like, his co-host. Like, you shouldn't, someone shouldn't do that. Like, don't make a bracha on forbidden food, on natural food, not kosher food, sorry. Um, but he said, like, I, I realize, like, you want to make a bracha, and, like, you want to you wanna do this. So what you should do is, instead, like, you can't make a bracha on lobster, like, you just can't do that. So take, like, something else, like, take a cup of water or something else that's, you know, okay, and make a bracha on that, and say shahakal on that, and, like, have in mind that, like, you know, Hashem, you made a lot of yummy things in the world, and thank you so much for everything that you did. Shahakal on the Abedvaro. Fine. Anyway, so, like, years later, after this story took place, um, he... Reverend Rata, Frank gets like a knock on the door one day, and it's this from man. He's like, like, do you remember me? He's like, I really don't. He's like, I'm that kid. I'm like the lobster boy. And um, I'm now like, I'm Shomer Torah Mitzvah, so I'm from, and like, this is my story. And he said that he would go every week, and he would make a bracha, shahakal on the water, and then eat the lobster. And his friends were like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't kosher. Like, Hashem like, is disgusted with us anyway. Like, like, what are you doing? He's like, no, I'm making a shahakal on the water. And whatever happens, happens. Like, I'm making a shahakal on the water. And he kept doing that time and again. And his friends were making fun of him. But he said, like, I just, like, held on to, like, my, like, relationship with Hashem. And, like, eventually I just felt like Hashem was, like, hugging me and taking care of me. And, like, to the point where I'm, like, I want a relationship with Hashem. I don't want a relationship with lobster anymore. So he got rid of the lobster. And he just, like, started keeping Torah mitzvot all because of this, like, making a shahakal on the water in this trafe restaurant. So even if, like, let's say, I want to tell this story, because, like, even if someone's not, like, necessarily, like, deserving of Hashem's rachamim, like, Hashem loves us and takes care of us to the point where he is enveloping us with rachamim all the time. We have to just, like, feel it and tap into it. Okay, so what if we don't feel the rachamim and we don't, like, tap into it? And it's hard for us sometimes to see, like, how is what's going on? Like, for example, in Eretzvah, like, how is that rachamim and... Yeah, okay. So let's talk about that. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying, like, I know anything. This is just from what I learned. I don't, I, I don't know. I wish I knew. I don't know. Um, okay. So. There's one other thing before we get to the Rachamim part. Also, on the concept of the Rachamim, that the Rachamim, Hashem, um, like guides all of his creatures with mercy. So just like this idea that we say also in Sahelan, like in by Ashrei, that Hashem is compassionate on all of his creations. 
Um, so just also like a story of Rabbi Huda Hanasi, that one time, Rabbi Huda Hanasi, Rabbi, he's known as, he was walking somewhere and he sees like, it was like a long time ago, and he sees like this calf, this like little baby cow, was being led for Shechita. And he told, and this calf was like ran away from the Shulcha and like ran over to Rabbi Huda Hanasi and was like snuggling up against him. And he's like, like, shoo, go. Like, this is what you were made for. Go, go get shechted. And because of that, it was determined in Shemayim that Rabbi, because he was not compassionate on this animal, that he would have to suffer. And he was, like, very sick for 13 years. And he, and all of his students, they were always dominating for him. And one day, I guess at the end of 13 years, his, like, cleaning help was sleeping. And they found little weasels, like little rodents that were making themselves comfortable in his house. And he said, like, no, don't kill them. Hashem is rachma v'akol masav. Hashem showers us with rachma all the time. Like, don't kill them. And they didn't. They, like, took them outside and let them just run free. And that's when he started feeling better and he wasn't sick anymore and, like, he had a refuah. So um, this idea of that, like, when we have mercy on Hashem's creations, Hashem will have mercy on us and we should try to have rachma because... The more compassionate we are, hopefully Hashem will be more compassionate with us. Okay, so now, but what about like when we don't see Hashem's Rachamim and like, okay. So this is from Chobos Alavavos. I try to learn Chobos Alavavos. I've, I've been learning it like before the situation there was Israel. And I feel like now I'm like extra learning it. Like, like let me like review everything that I learned and like really um, learn extra because it's all about Amuna Amitachon and trusting in Hashem. And it's really what we have to hold on to because sometimes it's like hard when we see like crazy things happening it's like very hard to be like oh this is like it's hard to say like this is good um okay so in it says that pure rachamim like pure compassion could only be found by hashem that a person we could be very compassionate people like hopefully we are and we do a lot of chasem we, do, we give a lot of stuff but a complete, a hundred percent, like a thousand percent compassion is only from Hashem because even us, there could be like an ounce of like, we're a one percent or even a point, whatever percent that like we're not a hundred percent into it. I'll give you an example. Um, it says that like when a wealthy person sees a poor person, for example, let's say like someone sees like a, an ani who like his shoes are falling apart and like tattered um, and he gives them a donation so we just say, oh, like the person was compassionate. He gave him a donation. It's very nice of him. But it could also sometimes be like a drop selfish. Like how could it sometimes be like a drop selfish? Because it could be that like maybe the wealthy person just feels uncomfortable like to be around someone who like doesn't have shoes that are normal. So he's like, okay, I'm going to write him out a check. Please go to the shoe store and get yourself new shoes on me. Please, it's my pleasure. But he's also thinking like, I don't want to be uncomfortable. Like next time I see him, like I want him just to look like like a mensch and not not have shoes with holes in them. So he, even though he's being compa- he's a hundred percent he's being compassionate, but there could be like a one percent that he's like maybe he just doesn't want to be uncomfortable himself. But that's not like Hashem. Hashem is a thousand percent compassionate. There's nothing that he's doing like for his own ego. Hashem doesn't have an ego. So Hashem is completely compassionate. And that's how Hashem made us. Also the Sas Emma says that we have the capacity to feel for others and to be disturbed when someone's in pain, and that's a good thing. And just know that Hashem, though, is completely compassionate. He has no guilt. He has no, like, oh, I feel a little bit bad. Like, Hashem is just giving us rachamim and chesed all the time. 
So, okay, I actually have a story, but fine, I'll say the story and then I'll go on. Okay, story of, okay, because so last week I mentioned the story of a Reviton. I'm like, you know, I have to mention the story of a Reviton every week. <laughs> I think there's a lot of stories about men and they're amazing, but we have to also learn from women. So, one second. Okay, so the story is of Rav Shiloh Rabbitson. He's actually hanging up in our dining room. Um, I have to really add a lot more tzaddikim to the wall because there's like a sugula. Everyone was like, Rav Shiloh um, was very compassionate to everyone and he always had like tons of guests and we always give them food. My husband actually was there. It's not, I'm not planning on saying this, but I'm just going to put it into my mind. So my husband went to Karastir twice, I think, where Rav Shiloh is from. And he said, like, he saw the kitchen. He said it was tiny. And, like, it was a niece that was able to, like, pump out all this food to feed so many people because it was a very, very small, like, small kitchen. Well, like, industrial, like, small, just very small um, in Poland. So, hungry, hungry. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so his rabbit's in. I'm sure it was very special. Um, rabbit's in, Sarah. So, she one time... Um, she went to visit like a different city and one of the chassidim there saw her and he saw that her coat was like tattered and like worn and like old and just like not dick for Robertson I'm such a special rep. So he gave her some money and he said like, please like go buy yourself a new coat like on me. Really? Please, please, please. Like here, take it. And she took it. Thank you so much. Okay, fine. So the next winter, she went again to visit this town and the chassid saw her and he saw that she was wearing the same coat with all the same holes. Nothing changed. And he said to her, like, how come you didn't use the money? Like, I gave you. I wanted you to have a nice coat, please. And she said, I did use the money. There was a poor widow, and she needed to have a warm home for the winter. And I bought an entire wagon of firewood, and I sent it to her house. And she was able to stay warm all winter, and I was able to stay warm all winter. So thank you. So I really like this story. And, yeah, holy rabbitons. Um, I could only dream to be anything like them. Um, but yeah, women are very special and she's like, just, she had Rachamim on this lady and hopefully when we have Rachamim on others, Hashem will have Rachamim on us. So this I wanted to say is from, um, the next, the next point is a little bit like from what I learned from my husband. Um, when I told him what I was teaching, he's like, okay, he gave me some things to say. Okay. <clears throat> Actually, I left the next page. Okay, almost. Anyway, let's continue on in Nishmas, and then we'll hopefully get to that. So Hashem creates, He guides all His creatures with mercy. Um, we're, we're not done with talking about that, but we're just going to finish the sentence and then go back. Hashem, er, hine lo yana melo yishan. Hashem is awake. I don't know if it says er, hine, but it's, in some versions it does, in some versions it doesn't. It depends. Oh yeah, it does. Hashem, er, yeah. Okay, good. Hashem is awake, Yanam, Elo Yishan, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't slumber. I feel like those words have been on our lips a lot, like the saying to Helim, Kavchav Aleph, like Hashem, Hine Elo Yanam, Elo Yishan, Shem like over and over on repeat, like whenever I have a spare, like, oh, which I didn't know, I'm going to say something to Helim, like whatever I know by heart. So, right, Hashem doesn't sleep. Ham Ur Yashanim, he wakes up anyone who's sleeping. Vehami keeps Neradamim, and he awakens the slumberers. Machayamisim, he will. Hashem revive the dead one day very soon. He heals all the sick people. He opens up the eyes of the blind. He makes us all be able to see. He makes the mute speak. Someone who is not able to speak, he gives them a capability to speak. Also, very, very important. 
Hashem releases the bounds. Anyone who is not able to be free should hopefully be free ASAP very soon. Hashem supports those who have fallen. He straightens the bent and makes them able to stand up straight. He uncovers the hidden. And only to Hashem alone do we give thanks. Like only, there's only Hashem to thank. There's no one else. There's, Hashem does everything. So this whole tefillah is basically like saying, just like, thank you Hashem and every single, for every little thing, thing that you do. It's a lot of thank you Hashem. It's like we're not asking for anything. We're just saying thank you Hashem for this and thank you Hashem for that and thank you Hashem. Okay. So on this idea of like lo yanam and lo yishan, um, with what's going on, especially like nowadays, it's like what if like sometimes it does seem that like, like where is Hashem? Like how could this all be going on in Eretz Israel and like just around the world? Like what is going on? I don't know. Okay. So the Gemara says that there's another place in Tehillim actually that says, Ura Lamatishan, Hashem, wake up, why do you seem to sleep? But like we just said, like Hashem doesn't sleep. So which one is it? Does he sleep? Does he not sleep? Like, what is it talking about? So Gemara says that it's referring to a period of time when Klai Yisrael are suffering. And at the same time, the nations of the world are enjoying peace and serenity. And that Ura Lamatishan, like wake up, why do you seem to sleep? That's talking about this time that like, Israel is suffering, and everyone else seems to be going about their life as usual, and everything is fine for them, but we are suffering. So, actually, the sleep is not really, like, Hashem's not really sleeping. It's actually a sign of strength. What does that mean? That in another Gemara, it says that anyone who's not subject to Hester Panim, like, whoever does not feel like Hashem is not, like, facing them, like, a concealment of Hashem's face, Hester Panim, is that one of Klai Yisrael? And actually, Hester Panim is a big favor. Why is it a big favor? Like, why is it good that Hashem is concealing his face from us sometimes? Because Hashem is withholding his anger from the nations of the world so that we could become better and closer to him and closer to reaching our destiny, what we should be doing. That when Hashem is, like, not punishing the rest of the world, it's like he's giving us a chance to, like, get close to him and, like, have a muna mitachon on me because you can't trust anyone else. No other country is your friend. No president is your friend. Like, some do act like our friends, but we only can trust in Hashem. So when Hashem makes these things happen and he's, like, not showing us his face, it's, like, not clear what's going on, is that really he's holding back his anger from the rest of the world and he is giving us a chance to, like, get closer to him. So this is the part that my husband was telling me yesterday that I thought was very cool. Okay. Um, so we know, like, if we hear bad news, we're supposed to say Baruch Dayana Ames. Um, but at the same time, in the future, um, we're not going to say Baruch Dayana Ames. We're going to say Hatova Amitav. We're going to say, like, Hashem is good and he does good. So why? Like, how is it that, like, now we say Baruch Dayana Ames that... And like in the future, we're going to say that everything Hashem does is good. So there's a mashal. Mashal is that, let's say, like right here in this room right now, the light's on, we're able to see, the sun is out, like we can see. Um, but if let's say we're looking like directly at the light, or like directly at the sun, which you know we can't look directly at the sun, but like if, or even like, a floodlight or even a flashlight. Like sometimes, like my son takes a flashlight and like puts it in his eyes, and they're like, ah, like stop. So like, if you're looking straight at the light, like you can't see, it's blinding. 
like the right amount of light we could all see in this room but if we're looking like if our eye is right by the light like we can't see anything and we're we're gonna just be like blurred and in a daze and like we really can't see straight into light so this is based on tanya so my husband said that um like when we experience simcha in this world or like anything good or bracha it's like right now in the room like the lights are on and like we could see like bracha is coming down the light is bracha so like we can see and everything is good and yay and we get hopefully like we hear mazel tavs like it's all hashem's bracha and it's all shafa and it's all good but when there's so much light then we can't see so like now what he was saying is that like there's actually it's not that hashem is doing bad things hashem doesn't do anything bad everything hashem does is good that's why we say everything is good but it's just, it's so much light, our eyes can't see it. Our eyes are blinded. Our eyes are like, oh my gosh, like, I can't. I can't look at this. But not because it's bad, because actually it's so good that we can't see. If this helps you, great. If it doesn't help you, forget about it. <laughs> For me, it helps. Um, and my husband said, like, it's all about Kalim. It's all about, like, having the vessel to contain the light. Like, just a, just a side, like, Kalim. Like, what are Kalim? So... Like, let's say, my husband always uses this example. I, I like it. But let's say, like, the wife tells the husband, like, oh, like, why don't we have guests this Shabbos? Like, if there's anyone in shul, like, bring them home. You know, like, one, you know, one or two. I'll set the table. Like, two extra guests. Okay, fine. But let's say he comes home with, like, 50 guests. Like, that, like I'm so happy you got guests, but, like, I don't have enough seeds. I don't have enough food. Like, I didn't cook enough for 50 guests. I cooked enough for, like, an extra, like, one or two or three, maybe four, but, like, not 50. Like, 50, I'm going to run out of food, and it's going to be really embarrassing. Um, actually, Reverend Machles, Shalom. She used to like. She loved having guests. Like she was super always having guests. And I remember hearing that like the very first Shabbos, she like asked her husband like, "Yeah, let's have guests." Like they were like Shana Rishona, newly newly married, and he came back with like many guests. And she was like overjoyed, and she took the gefilte fish, and she was like slicing it like paper thin slices. Like everyone gonna have a little piece of gefilte fish, and she was very happy. Um, but most women, when they ask for guests, they're not thinking like bring home fifty. They're thinking bring home like a couple. So that's the idea of Kaelin, that like, like we want to contain whatever Hashem is giving us. But like, we need like a big vessel. We need like a very big dining room with many, many chairs. And I need to cook for like a few days and have like an ample supply of food. That's for 50, yes. Like that's the Kaelin. So, but in this case, so that's Kaelin. So we need Kaelin. So what we should be dining for is like Hashem, give us the Kaelin to receive all this bracha. Even though it seems like so bad and so horrible and hard to understand and like we don't see what's going on clearly really we're being blinded by all the light help us not be blinded help us to receive all the light and how do we receive it really with mashiach like that's the clue that we're going to be able to receive and accept all this because right now it's too horrible and the way that we're seeing it is like like i I can't i can't i can't i can't think about it i do think about it but like i I can't understand what you're doing hashem like it's very very hard so really got to just think that really it's bracha and it's shafa but our eyes are just they can't see all this light so we have to dive in that hashem should help us to see the light and to accept the light and that will only really be with mashiach um, so to answer the beginning, beginning question of like what's going on, I don't know. I can't say what's going on, but we have to just realize like everything Hashem does is good and everything is shefa and light, and we have to just our eyes have to be able to see it and accept it and receive it. 
Um, actually, one last thing. When I was making, when I was like doing this year, it was nighttime, and I decided I'm gonna make myself a tea because like it's like nice and snuggly to like sit down and like learn something with like a yummy tea. So I made a yogi tea, and they have these like little papers, like like you know like the little tea. What's it called? Does that have a name? Like a little paper attached to the tea bag. Yeah, yeah. The it little, like a- yeah, it has like a quote. So like, I don't know, usually I'm just like, consider I don't even look at it, but I'm like, oh, let me sit down, like, read what it says. So it said, your greatest strength is love. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking, like, yeah, like, the chesed that's going on now in Aristotle, and in America, I'm like, well, the chesed, everyone's like, I'm collecting food, I'm collecting clothing, I'm, I'm sending money, I'm, I'm bulletproof vests, it's this, fill in, like, everything, everyone is, mezuzos. Everyone is just, like, as much as we can, like, the chesed that we're doing and, like, the outpouring of love, Hashem should just see everything that we're doing and how much rachamim we're having for each other. Hashem should shower us with rachamim. And we should be able to see Geula and Yeshua very, very soon. Thank you all for coming. Everyone wants to come on the trip tomorrow. (laughs) We're looking forward.